Hello and welcome to Ways Women Lead, the podcast where remarkable female leaders share their personal journeys and offer valuable guidance on advancing your career as a woman in leadership. Join host Anna Gramadska and her guests as they delve into various aspects of leadership, including diversity, equity, and inclusion. This podcast is brought to you by Six Group, a global executive search and leadership advisory firm. Mariana, hello. Uh, it is good to have you here. Uh, hi, Anna. Thanks. Uh, thanks for inviting me, and uh, I'm glad to be here. I find your story fascinating because of uh, your career in uh, sales and business development, uh, which has been very diversified in terms of the sectors you've been with, uh, technology, uh, travel, sustainability more recently, uh, then all the different countries that you have worked within uh, UK, Australia, Portugal, France, Brazil. If if is there anything else? Yes. No. I think I think you nailed it. <laughs> Currently, you're a head of business development at Earthly, a platform that provides solutions for carbon removal and sustainability for organizations and individuals. So I'm interested to hear about your story what uh, has shaped it, uh, what has influenced it, and just your point of view on diversity and inclusion, uh, the power of role models, leadership, and especially, of course, female leadership. So maybe if you could start with the beginning, what got you to where you are currently? Uh, What have been the most important events and people that shaped your career? hundred percent. Well, thank you for, for asking. It's a, it's an important question, I feel like, for all the women out there. So, yeah, I think uh, w- when you mention role models, uh, it's such an important part of uh, the history of anyone, I guess. And it's, uh, as being women, I'm not sure if you've had the same experience as me, but I, I believe so. But it, it is extremely hard to see yourself in a role where you've never seen people that look like you performing it. So, uh In terms of role models, my mom was a prosecutor. She was part of the first group of women from law school that were allowed to choose that path. Back then, it was almost as if they were doing them a favor. Uh, They never felt equal. They they were never seen as equal. Uh, But it was, as my mom used to say, just what it was. But this was in 78 in Portugal, after 48 years of dictatorship. How come that in 2022, from the UK to Australia, as you've mentioned, uh, it still hasn't changed? We are still asking to be given the same opportunities, Uh, even with all the changes in society. Women are having kids later, they are financially independent, they pursue knowledge more than ever. There's more women coming out of universities than men, with higher grades than men, Uh, and it still doesn't change. So uh, what's happening? What do we need to do for for it to change? I've worked, as you mentioned, in uh, different places. I've worked in private law firms, global hotel chains, travel technology, climate technology. I've worked in countries from Brazil to Australia, and I haven't had a single C-level leader that was a woman until a month ago. We're talking about 50% of the world's population being underrepresented, uh, and we're not even mentioning the minorities within this part of the population. Uh, So obviously having had my mom at home showing us that uh, we didn't need to be scared of entering male-dominated roles and that we could do everything just as well as them, uh, that was definitely something that strongly, strongly shaped my career um, and shaped me as a professional. Regarding the female uh, female professionals uh, and this this leadership time that they need to take, uh, every day I see female professionals that they just don't take enough space. 
they patiently wait for their space to be given to them. Women don't apply for roles unless we meet almost 100% of the requirements, while statistics say that men apply if they meet about 60%. Uh, and I don't know if we lack confidence, uh, which sometimes I know we do a little bit, or if the demand is higher for women to perform the same roles that are out there. And it's funny because just recently the president of Portugal uh, said a few times something like, we will only have true equality between men and women when we see incompetent women reaching the highest roles as often as incompetent men do. Mm -hmm. And I just thought this was a very, very funny thought. Uh, that's fascinating. That's that's really interesting. And um, there are a lot of anecdotal stories, but there are plenty of studies that support what you said. You know, statistics that show that even though, as you mentioned, equal amount of men and women leave universities, that proportion isn't represented in leadership positions in certain industries. Do you feel that things changed since you have a CEO woman right at your organization now? Uh, I feel like things are changing slowly, uh, not always in the right direction, um, but I guess starting somewhere. So I feel like the, the pressure to have more women in organizations is leaving a lot uh, leading to a lot of companies hiring, but hiring for the smallest roles available or for the, the entry-level roles available. This obviously uh, means that we're, we're getting those numbers and we're getting those numbers of women in tech or women in the industry X or Z or Y, uh, but unfortunately, probably not in uh, all the positions that they could be in, but just limited to filling the numbers at times. So do you think it's just meeting the quotas, but not real pragmatic solution that is changing? I, I've read a statistic somewhere recently about the amount of money that is being spent by organizations annually and how little change it brings. Do you think it's the wrong type of solutions organizations are going after? Is it because we don't understand the problem? Is it because we don't pay enough attention to it? Uh, I think it's a combination of all, probably. Things have been like this for years and years and years. We grew up, or since forever, right? We grew up uh, all our lives. I'm 35, obviously mm -hmm. been in the market for quite some time. And until now, I haven't had a female leader. So mm -hmm. this shapes the way you think about how far you can go in your career. Not, not all organizations uh, make it feel comfortable for women to go in. Um, and there's a lot of uh, wanting women to do things the same way men do things. So I feel like, especially in what comes to leadership and C-level roles, there's a demand that women act as men in the way they lead people, in the way they take decisions, etc. And that doesn't help anyone uh, at first. Uh, and secondly, it's definitely keeping women from getting there because it's different people, different styles, different ways of working. Uh -huh. And to, to reverse it, to maybe put a little bit of a positive light and, and bring some, um, uh, you know, positive examples. What what examples of successful initiatives have you seen uh, in organizations that you've worked with or maybe you led that helped to build a more diverse and inclusive culture? That's a very good question. I feel like uh, I, I've seen uh, organizations actively trying to go after women job boards 
to say like women are very welcome here you should come apply incentivizing this change job role saying you are encouraged to apply even if you don't meet all of the requirements that we are stating here organizations talking openly about we are we are fully aware that we are not diverse this is a problem that most organizations face at this stage uh, just stating it we are aware of this fact we are actively trying to change this and uh, we would welcome you to apply because something that happens quite often is an organization talking about diversity diversity and we are so diverse and you get to their websites and you see nothing but males inside meeting rooms making decisions pictures of, of this and you see you go to the about us section and you see uh, males in leadership role. So it's this connection. As long as you are transparent about it and you welcome people and you actively reach out and try to bring women up, you should also do it for from within. Why don't you start looking at the women you already have in the organization and uh, how many deserve the promotion 10 years ago that never that that they never got? How many deserve mm -hmm. Now, should those women have been given an opportunity instead of bringing people from the outside or only promoting men? Uh, is this the time to look at this change and do something about it? I think this could be uh, a few initiatives that mm -hmm. could work well. Uh -huh. So it's truly it's about truly assessing the the current organization. What are we really doing about diversity and, and inclusion? Can we promote talent within? Do we have women, for example, in panel panel interviews as well as men, or is it uh, is is our representation? Are we walking the walk uh, as well as talking the talk? Exactly, and it's uh, it's hard, right? It's uh, it's not always easy because when you're coming from an organization that if you only have men it's very hard to think what the women want. Like we all, we've all seen that movie that came out ages ago, but it's very hard. You don't know. You, it's And this is why diversity is so important in so many aspects is it, if you, if you're not in those shoes, you cannot, it's very hard for you to understand those shoes. So if you are taking those decisions about diversity and inclusion without understanding what minorities want why don't we have women here what has happened throughout these years and how can we fix it solving the problem from within from the source of it why have we just hired 20 roles 10 of them were were high level and why didn't we hire any 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 woman is it because we didn't have enough applications is it because when it came to the interviews we were men interviewing men mm -hmm. so we were expecting certain types of responses we were expecting a certain style uh, and we only got that style when we interviewed people that looked like us, sounded like us. So it's hard. The lack of diversity, it's very easy to perpetuate unless you're intentional about changing it. And and I think uh, on the other hand, again, if you really want to change it, there are lots of stories of success about diversity and inclusion. I've been reading a lot about and speaking to different organizations that were saying before implementing any diversity and inclusion initiatives, they first asked women within uh, what do they really think about the culture they asked women who left the organization why did they leave what did they really think about the culture and and things that they didn't know before started being uncovered for example that women didn't feel uh, the business was truly inclusive was adapting to needs of people of all backgrounds uh, of, of both genders so you have to take a step back and, and, and understand what's the current state of the organization in order to be to even begin to create those diversity and inclusion initiatives 
100%. You need to you need to listen. Uh, you need to listen before and you need to listen after because it's also like don't sit women in the boys table uh, if you're not ready to listen to them. So that's just going to make the problem worse. Uh, make sure you you hear everyone that is involved in those decisions. Make sure you bring them, uh, you give them voice, actively ask them if they're sitting on a table with you. Uh, it's very common that men take over the conversation, uh, especially if it's one woman alone in the table mm -hmm. full of men. So actively ask, uh, try to listen. There's lots of success stories. There's very good things being done out there. We still have a long, long road to walk, but I think it's uh, it's a good start. We've seen now that lots of companies moved from doing, for example, the, this is not women related only, but for example, it, a, a very common team gathering was the, the Thursday drinks in London. Uh, mm -hmm. Companies would finish the work on Thursdays and all go to drinks. Uh, and for people that don't drink or for people that have families, that's not the most inclusive type of, uh, of uh, gathering that you can have. Uh, obviously, people tasked with having to pick up their kids from school, etc. So we've seen already some companies changing this, actively promoting or, or adding to this social other types of social so lots of ways to to promote uh, a more comfortable environment for everyone that's that's again interesting what you just said because it's about uh just questioning your assumptions right you think you are creating inclusive culture because you are inviting everyone for a drink outside of work but you haven't thought about the fact that maybe that drink isn't inclusive because you only um addresses the likes of, of certain people not all people so just starting from from questioning your the current assumptions and current ways of doing and um we we talk a lot about the power of role models that was the whole reason why we created this podcast again there's a lot of studies uh showing that seeing is believing seeing other women in roles that you want to be in uh, makes you believe that you can reach these roles too. And I understand from what you said at the beginning, there was one major influence on your life is your mom. She's been the big role model for you. And then perhaps more recently, you have a, a female CEO. Maybe she she um, became such a... a CMO, but still CMO. a massive role model. Yes, and it definitely, definitely helps the, the perspective. Yes. Could you say a little bit more about it, both the both role models or maybe any others, how the power of role models was reflected in your career? Role models, besides this representation factor of like, uh, if I, I see it there, like we, we we all used to see in Disney movies when we were kids and we, we kept throughout our lives, we have our heroes, we have our, our princesses, etc. It's the, it's follows the same path. You want to, you see that there's an open door, you see that there's a possibility there and that's, uh, that's completely changes the game. The same way that uh, men can also be role models. I've had uh, um, all female, men, male leaders throughout most of my career. Um, and they can also be great leaders for women and they can push those women up. They don't need to be, we don't need to have a female role model. Uh, but if we have a man that also says, you should definitely be getting up there, find a mentor, find someone that can... Uh, tell you where you can go, you can reach further. I once had a CEO that said to me that I would be able to do 
that it was absolutely sure that I would always be able to do anything I wanted to in any field uh, because I, I just put my mind to it and I would just go and, and chase it. And that sentence empowered me to a level. I, I can't put a, a, a price mm -hmm. on it. It was very powerful. And, and that specific CEO, he always gave me a voice. He always encouraged me at a much earlier stage. Uh, and Having this voice at a, at a different stage in your career, at an earlier stage in your career, will be massively impactful. So any CEOs out there, whether you're, man, you're a man or you're a woman, um, go ahead. If you see the talent in, in, a, in a person, um, just encourage them, say it, like push it out loud. That will always go much further than any different tactic you, you might choose to to. Mm -hmm. Uh, encouraging those small actions and encouraging when people are doing the, the right thing will uh, push women from within for them to get to take space to to go there start start taking their space start uh, reaching those roles I feel like uh -huh. that, that's uh -huh. uh, it's, so it's as simple as words of encouragement yeah uh, I feel like role models it's a lot about words of encouragement and mm -hmm. seeing the courage it's like those people doing that, like they can do it. I'll be able to do it. Like they can guide me. They cracked it. They had the courage to do it. They they didn't feel intimidated. They just went and did it. So uh, maybe I can do it too. Just that maybe will mm -hmm. make a difference uh, uh -huh. in anyone's career. It's a little bit about seeing someone's vulnerability, but then seeing, seeing that they are human, but seeing that they go against it being brave and and that gives you the belief that you can do it too a hundred percent and it's uh like when i when i entered tech i was uh it was intimidating for me it's uh it, i was completely out of my comfort zone it was just hard like everything was jargon all the uh, every single meeting i was in it was new terms new things and having someone say you will be able to do it makes all the difference uh, in the world she usually a female leader she will usually um open up about vulnerabilities, what she struggled with, like, I did it, you'll be able to do it. It's much harder to see men leaders doing this, male leaders uh, doing this. And um, from the male side, it might not be the most inspiring thing because you just saw that person out there, like they must have been great their entire careers. They never failed. They never have a misstep. Mm -hmm. uh, never, ever, nothing ever went wrong. They just kept on going and, and, kept going up and all their careers were perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's very hard for women to compare themselves to that. And especially when you're in the beginning of your career where you just believe that if someone is doing great, must be because they've always been doing great. Uh, and you don't realize that everyone has a story and the success paths are done of a lot of, a lot of stones in the way. Precisely. I think this is the um, most powerful thing again about um, this podcast for me, I, I love that moment when people uh, who have been successful in their careers open up and say about all their struggles and how there were there were moments when they doubted or weren't sure if something was going to come up the way they wanted, but they had to just push themselves and 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 just believe that it was going to happen and, and go against it and and it worked out. I think that's the biggest moment of of encouragement or words of encouragement uh, for someone else. I wanted to ask you what are the best things about working in technology. There is uh, a lot of our clients 
uh, are within this space. Uh, we are trying to attract more women uh, to work in technology. Uh, from your perspective, what is the best about working in tech? Uh, the best alone is hard, but I'll, I can tell you a few of the best things about working in tech. I, I personally feel like it's extraordinary. It's a, a world of endless possibilities that opened a, a world of endless opportunities. Besides my job with Earthly, I help people with their professional development. And I often see the misconception that uh, technology is all about programming. You need to be a coder. You need to know how to, how to program. And, and it's not true. Technology touches every single field. And once you understand how it works, everything becomes much easier and much more smooth sailing. And it's it's really a different world because besides the challenge, the, the, the innovation that comes with it, the thinking about everything from a different perspective, it's usually also better paid than other sectors. And for me, probably the best part is the flexibility it comes with. It's usually a very flexible environment you get. You have a much better balance between your work life and your personal life. When you enter the tech space, you will enter companies that care more about seeing the work done than they care about seeing you work. Uh, and this comes with flexibility regarding when, how, and where you work uh, that will make your life feel much nicer as smooth sailing uh, the work will just fit within and that will make you much more productive and uh, the results for companies are incredible and finally i wanted to ask you uh, a couple of pieces of advice one for individuals especially young and and and, uh, and older women women who want to progress their career uh, in tech or join uh, the tech industry what advice would you give them and then organizations, uh, what advice would you give to organizations to attract more women? Uh, yeah, so you, you touched an important point there, uh, which is about what age to enter tech. And this is usually because, oh, but all the CEOs in tech, they're 25. Like, what am I going to do? Uh, nothing to do with it. Like uh, the best CEOs in tech, even if they're 25, uh, they will know what where they lack knowledge and often it's about experience. Experience brings a lot to the table uh, and the best CEOs that are out there will also be hiring uh, people with a lot more experience to, to join the team. So you shouldn't be worried about what stage to enter tech as long as you, you have a skill that is transferable and you can learn more. As long as you're willing to learn, everything will be, will be open uh, for you. Uh, but I'd say to the people entering the marketing market now, I'd say don't be afraid to apply for those jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard getting the first jobs. It's it's hard. Um, some people will look more confident, but it doesn't mean they know more. It means that they're better at looking that like they know more. And this is probably something I wish I knew long ago in my career. Mm -hmm. uh, the vast majority of people, if not all, have no idea what they are doing in their first job after graduation. So don't be too scared. Breathe, uh, breathe deeply. Uh, getting in those first two years of experience is the hardest task, but it will get much easier. And soon it will be so easy that you will be looking for your next step. I think that's one of those advisors I wish I knew when I was younger, when I just was out of university. It's easier said than done, I guess. But uh, I think it's, again, a powerful uh, advice. What about organizations? What what advice would you give to organizations uh, that want to attract more women and importantly retain 
these two women? I would say, as I've mentioned before, don't balance the ratio uh, by hiring women for the lowest paid jobs that you have in the company. Um, this will reflect on who you can hire because people are getting more savvy. Uh, they, they will know this. Uh, there are lots of women out there that are capable and uh, competent to perform those leadership roles that you need uh, filled. Be careful with the message you pass on your website, as I've also uh, mentioned. Uh, don't make your company intimidating on social media. Uh, uh, make sure it is all your uh, every, all the information you have out there is passing the right message that you you want uh, diversity in your team and you're actively trying to look for it. Be transparent about it. Uh, make those job ads more female friendly by allowing people to like encourage people to apply even if they don't meet all the requirements. Uh, don't overdo the ads. I see this a lot. People overdo the ads to make them look like as the most difficult job that it's out there, uh, making it look super, super complicated. And in the end, the people you will get applying for that job will be extremely confident people uh, that know how to tell you that they know how to do that job, but you won't necessarily be getting the best people for, for that role. So uh, keep that in mind. And besides that, just flexibility is the world of today's best hires. And this is obviously especially true for women. Uh, but all the best hires, if you can choose where to work, you want to work in a place that it's flexible, um, uh, whether that means for you uh, allowing you to go into the office when you want or not going when you don't want, but just adjusting your schedule, etc. Uh, because, as I mentioned, women are still put in charge of taking care of things like the family within the family circle, where, whether that is looking after the elderly or the children or the house, uh, flexibility is particularly important for them. Um, and flexibility in work schedules will always be highly welcome. Statistics show it will benefit your company's results too. And I can guarantee it will give you a completely different pool of, of people to hire, to hire from. And um, when you can choose, you will definitely go for uh, flexible companies, everyone. I think there's a lot that uh, organizations can use when it comes to advice here. And I, um, even though uh, I think the technology world is a little bit more advanced than some other industries with flexibility, I still see organizations that haven't implemented those somewhat basic or easy things to do. So I think there's a lot to, um, uh, to get your head around uh, here uh, to help those diversity and inclusion initiatives. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to have you. And uh, thank you for all the advice. I think uh, this will be an interesting uh, few nuggets to, to think on uh for for a lot of uh, our listeners perfect thank you anna thank you very much for inviting me and thank you for doing this it's a great job and i wish your podcast was around when i when i was 20 so uh good luck with all of it i hope you find lots of uh, i'm sure you will find lots of good uh women to to come and tell their story thank you uh i'm sure i'm sure we will i know a lot of a lot of the people within our network are already looking for that advice so i'm sure it will uh thank you very much That's it for this month's Ways Women Lead episode. But there is plenty more insightful and actionable advice from where this podcast came from. Check out our website on www.6-group.com if you'd like to know more about how to build and develop diverse, inclusive and effective leadership teams and how to progress your career as a leader. See you next time.